Well, we got uh, quite a show. We don't. I don't think we really need to delay with a bunch of malarkey and shenanigans. We can, Let's not do that. We can. We can jump into the missing four eleven. Over yes. the weekend, I watched the the new missing four eleven documentary called "The Hunted." This is put out by David Politis. This is the second missing four eleven movie that's come out probably within the past four years. He put one out. I think two or three years ago. You, I think it still might be available on Hulu. Check it out. I put mm-hmm. a link in the description to the uh, uh, to Amazon for this newest one. It's about twenty dollars, and I believe it is worth your time and money. In this uh, in this movie that David Pilatus put together, he, he goes over cases of people who are experienced hunters who go into the woods, go out hunting, and go missing. But he does, he touches on some subjects later on in the movie that he hasn't really touched on previously, and he's only talked about a little bit. He gets into paranormal subjects, which most of the time he kind of dances around. He doesn't really commit one way or the other. He doesn't want to infer something to the public and, and say, oh, yeah, by the way, Goatman is abducting these people. He doesn't do that. No. He's been very guarded. With his He's gear. not careless like we are. No, we are careless. We uh, shoot from the hip. We don't give <laughs> a good right. gosh darn. No. <laughs> Half the things I say are just made up. It's crazy. But I try to be somewhat diplomatic, reasonable, and uh, somewhat, uh, but I like, I like to be creative in what's, what's going on in uh, Missing 411. And then speculation is fun. It is. Yeah, that's, I, what, that's what that's what everybody who's like theorizing about the next Star Wars sequel or the Game of Thrones back when that was coming out. You know what's going to happen? And everybody loves to speculate. Some people like to speculate over trivial shit like entertainment. We want to know where these goddamn kids are going. This is important. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, speculation is part of the fun of conspiracies and paranormal stuff. Yeah, this is darker subject matter. People are going missing. They're dying. Some people return. It's, it's a bit darker, but everyone does like to speculate, and it, it is fun to try to figure out a mystery. That's what we try to do here. There's tons of videos on, on YouTube dedicated to Missing 411. We are a, a, but a, a drop in the bucket when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and annoy, we're actually more of a turd in the punch bowl. Most people do not like the way we talk about 411. That is correct. People find us annoying, uh, offensive, and uninformed. Yeah. All that stuff. And that's all probably very true. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I disagree with them. And uh, anyway, I'm just going to check. Try to do here. There's there we go. tons of videos. Sorry. Sorry. On, I was on, just checking the stream there, Joe. Make sure our stream is live and pronounced. And it is. Okay. There we go. So here we go. Uh, let's do some uh, Missing 411 right now, Joe. Let's just uh, cleanse the palate real quick. We're going to rotate into this and get it done. So I'm going to be playing some clips from this new movie, The Hunted. Oh, and, sweet. And the uh, copyright dings abound. Possibly. I'm, I hopefully pared them down enough to where it doesn't really matter. And we're really just promoting this movie. And I'm, I'm urging people to, to, to buy it. I really am. It's, it's well worth your money. And it supports David Politis so he can continue on his work so we can figure this goddamn thing out. Um, this first case I'm going to go over is the, the first one that appears in the movie. 
is Thomas Me- Thomas Mesnick. He's an 82-year-old hunter. This takes place in New York State. There's a lot of people who have gone missing in New York State. This is specifically near Lily Pond Road. And this uh, this old guy, he went out with uh, some family members and friends. There's about eight of them. They went out in uh, during the day. They didn't go out at night. They went out during the day, maybe probably early morning. They all had rifles with them, and they had walkie-talkies. They were very well prepared. They were hunting an area that they were all very familiar with. They had um, a strategy, what they were going to do. They are going to go and uh, basically span out. Like One person was going to sit on uh, in one area, then about maybe 50 to 100 yards away, another one, and then another one, and then the uh, other four hunters would come down over the hill and try to flush out some of the uh, the animals, whatever they're hunting, probably deer, so they could get a good shot at them. And in the first spot uh, was Thomas Mesnick. He was sitting down on his uh, tree stump, and that's the last place people knew his location when he went missing. So I'll play this uh, first clip here of what was witnessed or heard by the other hunters right around the time that Thomas went missing. Here we go. Did you see any deer? No, uh, no. Did you hear anything? I heard a strange noise in the woods, but I don't know what it was. It was a different noise than what I usually hear, you know? Like what? Uh, it's even hard to explain because, but it was different. Something different than I never heard before in the woods. Uh, I just can't say what it was, you know? How long in duration was it? Was it two or three seconds? No, it's just whatever it is, you know. Hmm. Hmm. How far away was it? I'd say it's probably 150 yards, something like that. Was it toward Tom or away from Tom? No, this was up towards the hill, top of the hill. Yeah. Did you tell the cops this? Yeah, I told them that, but they they just passed it off. There you go. You heard something in the woods. Didn't really describe it. Didn't even really want to talk about it too much. It seems like uh, Mr. Pletz was really trying to get it out of him. What he heard, told the, the cops about it, the cops kind of blew it off. So a search ensued. They had uh, other family members, friends, cops, search and rescue, all on the scene trying to determine what was going on. And what was curious, like I said before, this guy had a walkie-talkie. They all had walkie-talkies. So as soon as they found out this guy was missing... They got on it. They got nothing back. They couldn't raise him at all on the walkie-talkie. Now, this next clip I have is the sheriff. And David Flatus went to go talk to the sheriff about this and what they heard and discovered when they tried to go search for Thomas. We did note that when we were up there, it seemed to be devoid of uh, wildlife. You know, we didn't see squirrels, chipmunks, deer. Um, any signs of them. How unusual is that for your mountains out here? Um, thought it was strange. Like I said, we didn't see any signs of anything out there. So they're out in the woods, and they saw no signs of wildlife. No squirrels, no birds, no movement, which is odd. Yeah, I, I go through pretty well-traveled parks, especially back when I was in Ohio, uh, parks that are very common for people to go and just hang out. In, and I see wildlife everywhere. 
Squirrels are dropping nets on my head 24-7. So I, I, I find that to be curious that they saw no overt movement of animals. Yeah, that's added. I mean, in, in the woods. In the woods. Yeah. Just in the woods. I mean, I would love to see, does he have, uh, does he have footage of this? Like, has he, did he take audio, sensitive audio recording? I want to hear, like, are there birds? Do you hear any rustling in the leaves? Any of this? You know what I mean? They did not have that in the movie. David Plays. Oh, go figure. Did not go back out and do an audio recording of the ambient sounds of that particular spot. He's just taking the sheriff on his word. And I would, okay. I, I would too. I mean, the sheriff and these people know what kind of sounds are going around typical when you go out hunting so kind of taking that at face value right there i know you want a little bit more concrete evidence joe but uh, we do not have that just yet all right as long as there's a glory hole coming one of the other things that uh david platus talks about in the in the the missing 411 books is that typically the fbi shouldn't show up in missing persons cases sometimes they do which he says and he's a a 19-year veteran uh, uh he's a uh, 19 year experienced detective and he said uh fbi shouldn't really show up this is a, a local case it's a local missing person the fbi typically wouldn't show up but in this case they did and this clip clip uh speaks to that the fbi showing up the fbi according to their protocol doesn't search for missing people so do you understand why they were there I remember they were there. I thought they were there to provide some sort of uh, technological support, but I don't didn't have any contact with them myself. Hmm. Have you ever had them on a search that you've done? No. You had a conversation with the FBI up in Horicon. Mm-hmm. What did they tell you? They said that basically they were there to tell me that he he now is considered a missing person. And they felt that something was definitely not right, but unless and until they made a recovery, they wouldn't know what it was. That was it. That's basically what they said. So they basically, the FBI stopped by and said, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, what do they know? How do they know? I Why Why did, I don't even you know. That's like proving a negative. You know, it's like, I can tell you God doesn't exist. You can't? It's just, it's very curious the FBI would stop by and say there's nothing we can do. There's someone caught, maybe, well, it's not, uh, uh, well, according, if I remember correctly from the movie, the sheriff department and the, the, the local police, they didn't call them to come out. They just kind of showed up. They st- they, so they just showed up to say there's nothing we can do? Which seems like that's not the best use of the FBI's time. So, Joe, do you remember the last time we talked about Missing 411? It was back in November of 2018. We talked about it since then. Uh, passively. I, but the, one, the clip I'm referring to and the time I'm re- referring to, I had a theory of that these are some sort of dimension, like what is causing people to go missing. There's some sort of uh, trap. Some, pe- these people are being trapped in some sort of dimensional room that uh, kind of lives outside of our visible reality. And it's set off by coincidences. Like coincidences, coincidences or coincidai triggers the trap. Then that person is then trapped in that room for later examination, later review, catch and, re- catch and release. I, I Please, everyone go back and listen to that. Um, it's some really out there theories on what might be going on with Missing 411. More your speculation. Yeah, it's like a, a debrief 
kind of a thing. Yeah. Is that the idea? More wild speculation by Midnight Mike. But mm-hmm. this next clip goes to what the hunters heard, or what that one hunter heard out there in the woods, right around the time that Tom- Thomas Mesnick went missing. Here it is. Did your dad tell you about a sound he heard in the woods that day? He said he heard some kind of snapping or crack sound that was strange. It wasn't something he normally hears in the woods. He still talks to me about it. And I, he almost said it sounded like a, like a big trap closing or something. I, I, I don't know, you know. A big trap closing. <laughs> These guys are experienced hunters. They probably know what a trap sounds like when it closes. There we go. A big trap closing. And that's the first time I've, I've heard of that. I've heard of, of someone being able to recall a, a sound associated with a, a person going missing. There might be some, some other sounds that uh, people reported that I just looked over in the Missing 411 books, but that's the first time I've heard that on tape. I'm not saying my dimensional trap theory is correct, <laughs> but that's uh, we're getting there. We're mm-hmm. certainly getting there. Circling. We're certainly circling that drain, and that's kind of creepy. Someone's laying those traps, and they're building an interdimensional trap that lives outside of our time and yours. Oh, if you say so. So, well, another curious thing that, that happened during this person, uh, Thomas's uh, uh, event, is that right a few days after that Thomas went missing, another person, another older hunter, Fred Drum, went missing 80 miles away. They're right around the same area. This guy was another hunter, 68 years old, went missing 80 miles away. They, ha- they, they never found Thomas's body, and I don't believe they found Fred, Fred Drum's body either. They just up and went missing. So then in the, the movie The Hunted, David goes over a few more very curious cases about hunters that just go missing. One was a very experienced bow hunter, he didn't like to uh, travel too much. He was very opposed to walking. He went basically 100 yards away from his truck, and he just disappeared. Absolutely no clue where he went. Th- that happened in New Mexico. There was a case, I believe, up in Montana where there was a, a younger fellow that went out hiking. They went out hunting in the, uh, in the mountain range. He went missing, and they found his equipment. First, they found his shoes, and then a couple miles down, down, the, down the way, they found his backpack, and then they found his thermos sitting on a rock as if, his, uh, as if he was sitting down on the rock drinking out of his thermos that overlooked buildings. So if he needed help, he could have just walked to help. But meanwhile, the, that, that area of the country was covered in like two to about two feet of snow. Maybe four? Two, maybe four feet of snow. We really don't know, but I think the meteorologist probably knew at that point. Two? Maybe four? <laughs> Possibly. So this weird stuff like that, where you had a person's belongings being found along a couple miles where they should have been able to been uh, found by helicopter. They should have been able to uh, see a, a path, some footprints, and all they did was find their equipment. Neatly placed, neatly placed, not strewn about, very neatly placed and inside uh, the backpack that they found gently up against, laid gently up against a tree. They found food. They found uh, survival equipment. 
It just bizarre set of circumstances, as if the person was in that area, but the area was transformed. They couldn't see the buildings. It was not what they expected. But then you can't really explain the boots. Why would you instantly take off your boots and then continue to walk uh, five miles in the snow? That's, that doesn't make any sense either, unless you're being carried by something. Fair. So then the movie kind of shifts. This movie kind of shifts into the paranormal. And uh, David uh, focuses on the Yosemite National Park area where a lot of people have gone missing. Tons. And I think David says this is like the most, uh, the biggest cluster that he's found of missing 411 type cases. And in this area, there is a campsite where these, these hunters are deep in the woods doing God knows what at the campsite, but this is this kind of intros into what they experience at their campsite. So I'll play this intro, and we'll go a little bit deeper into this camp. Now, within this region, there's a hunting camp dating back to the 1950s. Over the years, the hunters have experienced something highly unusual. And by proximity alone, this is worth investigating. So this is where David Politis starts to go into the paranormal realm in the movie. He, he finds these hunters who are willing to talk about their experiences at this camp. And this camp, uh, they refuse to disclose the location. They want to keep it kind of private and safe. They, have, they don't really like to talk about it too much, but they manage to, to, I guess, get David up there to kind of show him what's going on. So back in the 70s and 80s, they were up there quite frequently, and they would have encounters with uh, large creatures out there in the woods, like maybe a, couple, maybe a couple hundred yards away, a couple hundred feet away, and they would make calls back and forth to these large creatures. And I'll just go ahead and play this clip here about the sounds and experiences they had at this camp near or in Yosemite. The first time I ever heard anything was later in 71. I came back up with the guys, and, and uh, we was here by the stove. There was a stove here then. <laughs> and uh, as soon as it starts getting dark, we'd go in. Sometimes you might hear a grunt or a whoop or a big blowing sound or something like that, and that's when you know you want to get inside the shelter because you still don't know what you're dealing with. Whatever it is, it's big, very, very big. We all go inside, close the shelter door, and that's a wall that we put between these trees, and then we'd strap it inside a cable. And then, uh, then they would start making their sounds. And that was in 71 when I first started hearing them, and we started recording them. This is the actual recording here. screen no i'm not playing the video uh, but i mean is there so at this time there it's just um they're not showing anything they, this is just an audio recording on screen as okay. they play this it's just 
they're showing like night vision camera footage, but there's really nothing they're showing on screen. This is just, I think, I believe done with a cassette or a reel to reel. So this is a, a little bit more of them calling back and forth to these creatures. And they did uh, audio analysis of this. And I get whoever did the audio analysis calculated that the creatures making this sound were seven to eight feet tall. They, they calculated. How do you, come on. Uh, well, how, do you, how do you calculate some, that? Some sort of uh, knowledgeable audio person can figure it out. Uh, okay. So. Fair. Uh, no, not you fair. Could, I don't know if I'm buying that one. Okay, you don't have to buy that. That one. one's a tough one for me. Oh, I can calculate the height of this individual. You're in a natural habitat. Like, you don't know what the elevation changes are. You don't know if they're standing on a stump or whatever. Like, come on. Uh, I'm not sure how they calculate that. There's no visuals. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I will give you the visuals would have been nice, uh, but they, they somehow they did that calculation. I'll see if I can get that information for you and yeah, how they I'm calculated sure. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't hold my breath, though, right? Okay. <laughs> um, in, the, in the chat, uh, Dick Richards says the missing 411 cases are majority are fae or fairy abductions. And then he go, he's typing in all caps, do the homework. Thank you, Richard. Oh. They line up perfectly with the Thank majority you. of cases. Yeah. Why don't you do uh, the homework and send it to me? How about that? Forest spirits, interdimensional beings forgotten in our modern time. Not all cases, but majority overlap. Ancient fairy lore, like a perfectly traced map. Well, that's interesting. He should call in with that theory. He sure. should. Run I mean, that's, that's his opinion of what's going on. Yeah, everyone has... Yeah, their, we're all speculating. Everyone has their own data that confirms... Mine's a dimensional trap. That there are other things going on here. And uh, I'll play one last clip here, then we'll get on to some speculation. So this last clip is also about the camp and what they experienced here. This is just about a minute long, and then we'll, we'll wind this down. One time I heard a big, uh, sound like a huge tuning fork above us, and you couldn't find the source of it. It was just uh, a big sound like that. Sometimes you'd hear a sound out here, and one time we thought our camp was being torn apart by something. We thought the barrels we'd packed in and was being torn up and tossed around, and you look out here when all the commotion and the sounds stop, and there's nothing changed. Now, how do you explain that? You know, one time we was in there, I thought I heard a car door slam out here. Now, come on, we're eight miles in the wilderness. <laughs> there's no... So aside from the sounds, you also saw some things in the sky, in the air? Yeah. Uh, lights, yeah, orbs. Uh, other guys that report orbs when I wasn't here. Uh, what a, uh, me and my friend Bill saw one night was a big blue ball coming down from up here, slowly moving, definitely controlled. It had some type of intelligence about it. And I, if you were just looking up there, you would think it was the moon, but it was blue. It was moving down. We lost it behind the trees and went over there. So. I don't know what to think of that. You don't know what to think about any of this stuff, you know. They also go on to say that um, they also experienced some more classic UFO type stuff. And they also witnessed uh, an elongated light traveling through the camp very close to them. 
you get a wide variety, all manner of paranormal activity. They had uh, big, Bigfoot encounters. They had uh, UFOs, orbs, uh, k- kind of things going on. I'm not discounting what Dick is in the in the chat is saying about fairies, but I think when you have areas like this or designated areas like this that are closer or in some way they're closer to these other realms, these other dimensions, they're easy. What these entities can travel much more easily in these locations, whether you want to say it's fairy or 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 whatever. Uh, there are specific locations where. These things more are more likely to happen than not. The goblin. The goblin as well. If you're into that kind of thing. If you like it. Yeah, it's like a haunting. It happens in a very specific place kind of a thing, yeah. And uh, the, the end of the movie actually gets even a little weirder. I'll probably talk about the end of the movie in another segment because it, it goes in specifically into invisible creatures. And that is just a whole other topic I want to cover on another show. Because it go, goes into uh, Bruce McAfee, or McAbee, an optical physicist, and his wife. We talked about this story two years ago, Joe, where this they claimed to, she claimed to have encountered something in the woods that was much like the Predator. And they're on film talking about it. We m- just talked about it in passing by me just reading a few passages at the end of a book. They dedicate a whole segment at the end of the movie do this and uh, we'll dive into it later. But I'm going to open up the phone lines right now 614 388 9109. Do you guys get your theory? I'd love to hear Dick. Um, yeah. This is what this is what we're talking about. Uh, he, they're on a delay. The YouTube stream is. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we got to hold open the phone lines yeah. and pray that none of you other uh, rap scallions calls in to uh, yeah. cock block our friend Dick Richards here. Yeah. I also, uh, thanks to Big Poppy, he sent me a book. It's about rural disappearances. And this guy, he's uh, from Portsmouth, Ohio. He moved to Columbus and he uh, just moved to Phoenix within the past year, a few years, kind of not unlike me. And he's got some interesting data on all these disappear- disappearances. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, this is uh, Mr. Bill from the Slack. I don't participate a whole lot. But, yeah. Um, I love you guys. Been listening for a couple of years now. Well, what's, um, on, what's on your mind, Mr. Bill? Hey, uh, do you know who that last guy that you were playing was? Uh, the guy is, I, I believe, I could look up his name. He was, uh, he's one of the Ron, hunters. Ron Moorhead or something like that. That that could be. I, I just was going to say, I don't know if they should have put him in the film because he's a Bigfoot researcher. Okay. So I feel like he's a little biased about, you know, what's going on out there. So, um, well, yeah, he's the guy that has, a, he has that whole samurai chatter thing. I'm not familiar with samurai chatter. What is that? Oh, you haven't heard that? No. He, he has these recordings. If you look it up, it's a uh, supposedly big feet that, uh, sound like samurai when they're chattering which uh, i'm a little bit on the fence about that one well i so but, i wasn't really familiar with with that person i assumed he was one like he was intimately involved and in, in camped out there and hunted out there uh i'll have to go back and take a look so you believe putting him in the movie kind of maybe taints the objectivity little, yeah exactly yeah okay. in fact i think he's the one that came out with this book called um 
quantum Bigfoot where he talks about them being interdimensional, which I like that. Idea. I actually like that. I like the idea. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think, uh, I, I was going to see if you could play that one for Joe. Cause, uh, I think Joe would get a kick out of that one. B- Bigfoot samurai chatter. The, yeah. The samurai chatter. It's, it's, it's entertaining. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe our pr- producer Cretchen could find it and you'll, you'll send it over. Um, is it because it yeah, it's completely fake and ridiculous, or what? It it kind of sounds kind of ridiculous to me. Like I'm with you about like how how they how can they tell how tall something is by uh, analyzing the audio? I think that's kind of tough. Um, I got to be the yeah, scully to Mike's Mulder over here. He wants to believe. I want to believe. So they so according to what I have right here, they submitted the audio tapes of the Sasquatch to Doctor R. Lynn Herlin professor of electrical engineering at the University of Wyoming for analysis of that audio. So I'll have to look up his credentials, figure out if he's on the up and up. He's a university yeah. professor, so he's no dummy. But I would like to see how he no, made that analysis. No, that doesn't mean anything. Typically, Joe, if you're a university professor, you're educated, typically. Especially I don't know about that. Electrical engineering professor. Joe, Joe you're being very contrary. I understand your, your, your skepticism. Uh, uh, you know, there's, uh, come on. University professors are not always bright. No, no, not always, but I'm specifically electrical engineering. You're probably yeah, a fairly I'm logical not. person. It requires. If he survived this long as an electrical engineer, then he's obviously okay. bright enough to not electrocute himself. I would hope so. <laughs> but, Mr. Bell, yeah, I would have to look into this. I'm um, just reporting to you what I found. I did not dig into the past of a lot of the people presented in the movie. But I, w- I want to believe this stuff. I don't believe Bigfoot is taking these people. I believe that there are just spots, there are areas that are conducive to basically portals where things can come in and out of. Yeah. I, uh, I really like your uh, idea about the traps. Yeah. I think that's the best thing that I've heard so far. I think I'm onto something there, especially. Like it makes sense. I, think, I, I do. I, I'll support you in that one, but I'm going to jump off, let you guys keep going. Love you guys, and uh, keep thanks, doing man. what you're doing. Hey, thank you, Mr. Bill. Really appreciate you calling in. Don't be a stranger. Uh, thanks, guys. I won't. Blow that ass up. And I, I, good call. And then Zach Nunya is saying that it's Joe Biden snatching people up in the that woods. That I can Could believe. Be. Could be. If anyone has the resources, it's that guy. Ah, uh, yeah. Or maybe he, he he farmed it out to his son, Hunter. Yes. He's doing cocaine and snatching people up in the woods. And someone, call, what. someone called in while Mr. Bill was on the uh, the phone, and uh, I'd love for you to call back in, especially if it's Missing 411 related. And Joe, and I understand. Cretchen, for the visuals, he, I don't know how he's so good at this. He found Mr. Bill being abducted by Bigfoot. Oh, wow. Buy a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate Joe's skepticism here. I really do. Like, ah, what's the credentials? I, gotta put holes in it, man. I I understand. I I appreciate that, and I got to defend it. That's like my job. I mean, you know this. It's like, is it going to work? You know, what is the idea good enough? You got to poke holes in it. And in this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, is I think there's enough coincidences to say, hey, there's something here. But then, like, to take some of these things that are uh, like the audio and the height thing and all that, it's like, eh. Well, I, I yeah. st- the, the book that Big Poppy sent me is all about analyzing the data. And he, he managed to put the time and work in and create himself a, like expre- Excel spreadsheets. And he realized that these clusters, that there appears to be a movement to the clusters and that there's 
like test patterns as if someone is snatching up a few people here and there and then there's a big cluster and then the entity moves on test a little bit of the outlying area and then moves inward i'm gonna see if i i, I reached out to the guys I like that. yeah yeah i like that because that that to me suggests almost like a nomadic type of a, a hierarchy or a culture or whatever you would if there is a being it uh, behind this yeah but there is like some sort of hunting ground there yeah caller you are on the air hey it's dick what's up hey dick nice to meet you how are you guys today nice to meet you guys finally well we're just uh <laughs> we'd love, love to hear your theory on missing 411 please Okay, what I think it is, um, I was uh, I was reading a bunch of old books here that my my dad had. One of them was on uh, fey and fairy lore, and then all of a sudden, I, the 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 similarities they just jump off the page at you. The way that, uh, for example, you had just mentioned something about them seeing the tuning for or hearing the tuning forks when they're going through the uh, the woods and hearing people report hearing drums, harps, shit like that. Apparently, my theory anyway is that that is the things um, that is how they shift into dimensionally. I guess through harmonics. That's I'm with you. The given that's the given theory, and that's what they're doing. Is when people are hearing this, that's them trying to. That's either them coming through, or that's them trying to put you through to their other dimension. Because I think they're evil, personally. The goblin. I mean, they all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It, it, when I heard that, I mean, when I heard the tuning fork thing, it actually kind of reminded me of what the the noises that Billy Meyer heard when uh, UFOs would come around. Uh, I, I don't know if that that tuning fork sensation has been been heard or witnessed by people that have seen UFOs up close and personal, but I'd kind of like to know. It's part of the fairy lore, that's for sure. I didn't know that. Thank you for uh, for calling in about that. Are you uh, just de- ancient fairy lore, though? Ancient fairy lore. There's a big difference between modern fairy lore and the ancient stuff that they believed. Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not very well right. versed in fairy lore, but uh, what I'll do. I'm. I'm at my father's house right now. When are you guys on next time? Because I don't have my notes here, but I sure. do have them at my house. I can put something together for you and send it in for you. I'd be happy to. Yeah, that'd be great. We love that. We're good uh, with that. We'll be back live on Saturday or next Wednesday. Next uh, Wednesday, we have two hours show. We have a lot of time to dedicate to to uh, just off the off the wall nonsensical stuff. But not saying that this is That's what it is. Not, I'm not calling it nonsensical. What I'm saying is we have time to indulge. No, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got you. Um, because it is a pretty fringe theory. I mean, I, and, unless I can actually put the two things, put all the things together for you, I kind of sound stupid, right? Because I'm just throwing a theory out there without no. actually reinforcing. No, we don't think it is stupid. Sort of we like all seen, of it. Right? Well, if that's your benchmark for stupidity, that's all I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even even the stuff like, for example, right. uh, people disappearing, people disappearing in the sight of other people, like seemingly vanishing into thin air and then not appearing ever again or appearing years later or appearing months later dead. That's that's so common in the fairy lore. It's not even funny. That's pretty much what they do to you. Take you I, back to their little fairy hovels and uh, kill you. I, am, I don't know why they eat and stuff. It's crazy. I would. Uh, they I always would, say that fairies are so nice. What is the rationale no, for no, these no, fairies? That, that, exactly. That's the Catholic lie. <laughs> hmm. Exactly. I am. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on board. Follower of Jesus, because man, I've, 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 uh, I actually, I've, 
I did a show on the BDRP with all the stuff that I have seen. I mean, I, I, I got attacked by a, um, in December 2010, I got attacked by a great big shadow demon, man. The thing was humongous. Uh, the next year, I, um, well, well, harvesting, I live up in Canada, okay? And uh, I guess I live right near Barrie at the corner of the Lichen Loop or the Lichen Triangle or whatever the hell it's called. Well, my buddies and I were harvesting his crop in October 2016 in a cornfield. We encountered, well, <laughs> we encountered what I what I can only figure were two dogmen. Because the things were bluff charging us, man, for like three hours. I thought we were going to die. I mean, we were, we were just, it was such a shit show, man. I'm telling you, it was, I, I can get on and I can get, I'd be happy to get on and tell you guys the story and stuff here too. Because I mean, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. The stuff that I've come across, man. Well, and I through this, it, it showed me the truth of reality and how to fight back against these things. And I mean, all I got is my testimony. Well, I'm uh, I'm in the business of believing you because it's uh, it's a fascinating story. I like talking about this kind of stuff. So maybe we can have you back on like Wednesday. You can go over your fer- fairy uh, fairy stuff yeah, when, yeah, in, no, in relation to uh, missing four eleven. And I got your number stored here, so I'll just go ahead and yeah. put you in. How about that? Give me a shout at time. Um, what uh, is this about this time that you guys do it at? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Perfect. That works great. Yeah. Pencil us in. Pencil us in. I got you. Yes, no, I will. Absolutely. I'm, I'm literally writing it down right now. Sorry, that's why I'm quiet here. And I, I got your name stored in my uh, Skype as Dick Ferry. What do you, what, <laughs> what do you know about... Uh, <laughs> exactly. I, that's awesome. So that's in awesome. Iceland, um, fairies are a real big deal. They have a huge fairy lore oh. and gnomes and all these things. Like, are they evil Man, they don't too? even move rocks. They don't even move rocks. They are that sure of the mother thing... Sorry, I was just about to swear of the things existing that they won't even move the rocks to make the roads. They'll move the ro- roads around the rocks, but yeah. they won't move the rocks to build the roads. I did. I did know that. I know that much. Yeah. So they think that the theories are so real they don't want to piss them off. Is that is that the idea? Sorry, they, they don't want to piss them off, so they'll they'll actually avoid disrupting fairy habitats. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One hundred percent. That's crazy. Not crazy. I mean, it's just that's, that's who they are. See, if you believe the mud fossil theory that all rocks were one time living creatures were the living giant and that their body was endued with a supernatural spirit and that when they, in the flood of Noah, they all became the rocks. This is the theory anyway that I've sort of uncovered and I'll explain it in better terms when I can put it all together for you. Okay. But all the giants of old were killed in the flood of Noah. Their bodies hardened, became the fossils of today, and they became the mountains. And if you look up the mud fossil theory, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, how they say that uh, the mountains have got faces in them and heads on them, and this mountain looks like a, a, cuper, a titan that fell over and died at one time. All that rock is endued with supernatural sort of because of their supernaturalness, all the rocks and all the breakdown of it is endued with its own, and that throughout the generations of witchcraft and everything else, through God knows how many generations, it sort of poisoned the earth. I like mm. that theory. That's interesting. Of course you do. I like right? every theory. <laughs> they think that all these rocks have power. Every single freaking rock you've ever seen your whole life, they believe has some sort of... Um, 
thing, entity, uh, life to it. Yeah. I dig it, man. I'm with you. Hey, it's uh, a rather creepy theory, though, eh? Yeah, well, hey, uh, I tell you what, uh, Dick, uh, definitely s- send me an email. We'll definitely line something up for, for next week. Just put your phone number in the email so I know it's you. And, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll line something up for next week. We'll talk about uh, some fairies and missing 411. How about that? That sounds great to me, man. And I'll, uh, like I said, I'll get all my stuff together for you. And I'll, uh, oh, look at look what you got on there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I love the picture of the uh, mountain there. Great, she's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he does a great job. All right, man. We're gonna uh, we're gonna jump here. I am looking forward to it, guys. I won't let you down. I promise. Ah, you can. We won't know either way. No, <laughs> we're so terrible. <laughs> It'll probably look great. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. See you in a week, guys. All right. You too. Thanks. Uh, Scott, you'd like to see? see what a skater's body really looks like. Yeah. Even when we're being criticized, we're we're still so open. We we will take it. We'll take it because we're open to possibilities. We want to know what is what the hell is going on. Yeah. What is going on? What, what is going, going on? on? What is going on? What is going on, Joe? <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? This is a rhythm to it. I love it. If you want to join the Slack or Discord, give us an email at ourbigdumbmouth at gmail.com. Check out obdmpod.com for all the social media and donation links. Be a part of the magic.